Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. We've been looking at a supernatural shift. Our pilot scripture was Deuteronomy chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3 where God told the children of Israel to shift gears, to turn and face the north. All right? And we said that God will give you a strategy that will activate a supernatural shift in your life. And we call it, or I'm calling it a supernatural shift is because it has been induced by God. It has been provoked by Jehovah God. Amen. But also for God to induce a supernatural shift in your life, you need to know that there are certain things that must be in place. And the first one that we looked at was prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Tell your neighbor one more time, prayer. So we must pray for God to move. When we pray, God will move. When we pray, God will work. Amen? And we have prayer meetings here every Tuesday. And we encourage you to show up so that you may pray. If you are too busy to pray, then you are very busy. Did you hear what I said? If you are too busy to pray, then you are so busy. God does not want you to be so busy until you can't spend time with him in his house. I know you can pray alone, but you and I know that praying alone is not easy. In fact, I don't think you can pray alone for one hour, most of you. I can see it on your forehead. I can actually see the number of minutes you pray when you are alone. And some of you, I can see it is zero. You know, I'm a prophet, I can see. Amen. So that's why God encourages us to come and pray together. Because there is what we call a corporate anointing that stirs up your heart to be able to pray. So tell your neighbor, Tuesday, you have to come to the house of God to pray. And when you're too busy to pray, then you're very busy and is not good for you. Amen. Secondly, we discovered that we must fast. We must fast. For God to move, you must fast. If you keep eating Monday to Monday, January to January, I am telling you, you are limiting, you know, you are limiting God in your life. The Bible says the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. When you don't fast, you limit God. Jesus said, this kind cannot go except by prayer and fasting. So there are certain things that can never happen in your life if you don't fast. Are we together, somebody? I wish you knew how your liver is screaming for a vacation. I wish you knew how your kidneys are just telling you, why, why don't you just allow us one day to rest? Because for the last 40 years, you've been eating. And there are people who wake up in the middle of the night to eat. Eating, 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 eating. Look, there are dimensions you will never access. 
You will never experience a, experience a supernatural shift in your life if you are always eating. Praise the Lord. There is an English saying that says, too much of something is poisonous. I think also too much of food is poisonous. So once in a while, take a break. Ask your neighbor for me, when was the last time you fasted? I'm not talking about hunger strike. Fasting. Are you asking your neighbor that question? Ask them, when was the last time you fasted? Please, some of you, you're not talking to your neighbors. You know, I can see you from here. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, when was the last time you fasted? Fasting is powerful. Fasting is great. Jesus fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. Elijah fasted 40 days, 40 nights. Moses was in the mountain, waiting, on the mountain rather, waiting on God, without eating. Paul, the one we read about, fasted for how many days? Three days, without food and without drink. Drunk not, those were three days of dry fasting. My Lord and my God. One of these days we should do a three-day fast. No water, no juice, no food, not even saliva. If you swallow saliva, you repent. <laughs> what do you think? So that you can fortify your spirit man and activate some things. Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't do these things I'm telling you, you'll be at the mercy of the forces that are at work here on earth. And we, are, we have so many forces at work here on earth. You need something supernatural. You need something extra for you to be able to overcome and override some of the forces that are at work here on earth. And I want to continue from there and give you number three, number four, and number five. Number three, if you're going to trigger a supernatural shift in your life, you must desire divine encounters. You must desire divine encounters. One day there was a lady. Can I give you a story? One day there was a sister in the church who really loved the Lord. You know, there are people who really love the Lord. There are Christians who are just in church, but there are Christians who really love the Lord. You can see that they really love the Lord. You can feel that their heart is really close to God. This sister was like that. She loved the Lord so much. And plus, just loving the Lord, she was a very naive girl. You see, you can love, but also you are naive. So, one day, she, she also met a brother in the church who also loved the Lord. So she thought that the brother loves the Lord the way she loves the Lord. Ask your neighbor for me, do you really love the Lord? <laughs> and so kind of they became friends and they were talking, they were meeting in church, talking in meetings. And then one day the brother decided to show her his house. Which is not bad. Because even you, you have shown so many sisters your house. 
Unless we have hypocrites in this service. And so the sister knew where the brother lived. And then, you know, their interaction continued. And then one day, the brother told the sister that, please, I want you to bring me groceries to my house. So he gave her some money. And because the sister trusted the brother, she went, did some shopping, chose the best tomatoes. She chose the best uh, skumawiki, but gained a good price. She went for the best onions. You know, there are things which are challenging to us brothers. Onions, tomatoes, those are, those are things which are very challenging. But buying TV is not challenging for us brothers. Buying cars, you know, these gadgets. So the sister was really of help to this brother. And so she, after, after shopping, she brought um, the things to the house because she knew where the brother is. And the brother told her, please take them to this particular room. The sister loves the Lord. And she knows the brother loves the Lord. So she thought that room was the kitchen. So she took the things to the kitchen. So she thought. When she got there, she realized, hey, it is not the kitchen, it's a bedroom. But before she could turn around to come out, the brother was in the room already. And when she tried to tell the brother, what are you doing? The brother gave her the Kidero slap. You know the Kidero slap? You people don't know the Kidero slap. He gave her a Kidero slap until her entire body became numb. She could not move. If you want me to finish the story for you, see me after the service. I will tell you what happened. By the time that wonderful lady who loves the Lord left that house, her life had changed. An encounter with this brother changed her life completely. Now, we might be really thinking about how wicked this brother is, but there are people here, you have changed somebody's life as well. Please look at me, I'm preaching to you. <laughs> there is somebody who encountered you and their lives have never remained the same. Please just wave to the Lord in the house. Just wave to and say, Pastor, we are here. We are so many of us here. And the Lord is helping us. The ones who are not waving. Those ones are the ones who are very dangerous, I'm telling you. You can have an encounter with someone and your life changes. Completely. You can meet someone. Maybe on the streets, in a matatu, at the place of work, in the neighborhood, wherever. And your life changes completely. Ladies and gentlemen, the people we encounter have a great influence on us. The people that we encounter greatly impact our lives. And sometimes when 
The impact is so great, it determines the next cause of your life. Well, who you encounter, rather, determines your shift, either in the right or in the wrong direction. Many of us here, we were not born drinking, but we met someone who was drinking and we started drinking. True or not true? You are not born with liquor in your mouth, but you met someone who is drinking. They became your friends. And then, before you know it, you started drinking as well. Many of us didn't even know how to steal exams. But somebody taught you how to prepare more Kenya. Showed you how to fold that paper. Make it very slender. Roll it. Where did you stick it? Please look at me. We am preaching to you. <laughs> you met somebody and your life changed. The people that we meet greatly impact, you know, the direction that our lives will take. Now, initially when you meet these people, they are benign. That means they, they are mild. You know, you don't suspect anything. They have some innocence around them. They don't look like they will ruin your life. They will show you a lot of kindness, like this brother in the church, isn't it? And gentleness. They will surround you with a lot of warmth, make you happy and make you feel safe around them. But when you trust them, then they reveal their true colors and they change your life greatly. They will introduce you to things that will change your perception. They will introduce you to things that will change your mindset. They will introduce you to things that will rob you of your innocence. And sometimes they will turn you into an animal. You become wild. You go on a rampage because somebody introduced you to something. If I take a poll here, you'll be so surprised how many people have been impacted by the people they encounter in life. If I just ask, who introduced you to this? You will see hands going up. It is Kevo. It is Susan. It is who? 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 Please, you know them. Please shout their names. Is encounters. Encounters will always change your life. But also, ladies and gentlemen, you can meet good people. And their influence in your life will shift you in the right direction. I'm always grateful to the people that God brought into my life who have shaped my theology and who, has who have helped me to become who I am in ministry today. For example, I met a missionary by the name Reverend Doris Stotler and I studied in her Bible school and she gave me an opportunity to teach in that Bible school which greatly changed my mind. She made, she made me meet the teaching or interact with the teachings of Kenneth Hagin. He's one of the greatest preachers who ever lived. And then from through her, I was able to meet another man called Bishop Justice, and he's going to come and preach as well here. 
very soon. Amen. I don't like the way you're clapping. I wish you can clap better than that. And this one introduced me to worship. Then I met Bishop Emmanuel. Emmanuel was here. He preached. You remember Bishop Emmanuel Mayeku, who taught me how to pray? And then God brought Bishop David Mraithi in my life, who mentored me to become an international preacher. You know you can have a calling, but you have a mindset of a villager. <laughs> true or not true? And then I met Bishop Doug, who has also shifted my life to the next level in terms of ministry. So there are people that will come into your life and they will become a blessing to you. And I pray that you become a blessing to people you. Amen? I say I pray that you become a blessing to people. You and you and you. You become a blessing to people. When people remember you, they will always remember good things. Can I hear an amen? Now, can you imagine if you have an encounter with God? Just imagine if you have an encounter with God. If you have a divine encounter, you encounter God, sorry, you encounter God the way the people in the Bible encountered God. I'm telling you, your life will change. You see, when Paul encountered Jesus, his life changed. Yeah, his life changed totally. When Moses encountered God through the burning bush, his life changed as well. A lot of people in the Bible who had an encounter with God, their lives never remained the same. And so, ladies and gentlemen, a supernatural shift is inevitable when you have an encounter with God. When you meet God, when you experience God, when you touch God, when you hear God, a supernatural shift is inevitable in your life. That's why I'm proposing prayer. I'm proposing fasting because these things move you closer to God and they position you to have a divine encounter with God. They position you to see God, to hear from God, to feel his presence because many times we are in the flesh. We are full of carnality. We are driven by our five senses. We are driven by what our eyes see, what our ears hear. What we can test and what we can feel, especially feelings. And so we are so far away from God. But prayer, fasting, pushes you or moves you closer to God where you can be able to start having uh, some life-changing encounters with him. In John chapter 5, there is a man who was in, at the pool of Bethesda and he was in a place of a supernatural encounter, but he kept on missing his chances to be healed. The Bible says an angel used to come at a certain season to stir up the pool. And the first person to step or jump into the pool was healed regardless of what he was suffering from. And a lot of people, you know, got healed. And this man, every time he tried to get to the pool, maybe because of his condition, it impeded his speed, he found out that somebody had already gone before him. So a lot of people were healed there. And the guy was there, frustrated, trying to you know, move fast enough to get to the pool. But every time he got to the pool, after the stirring of the water, he realized that he was time bad. And then one day, he had an encounter with Jesus. 
In John chapter 5, when you look at verse 5, the Bible says, Now a certain man was there who had infirmity 38 years. He was there for 38 years, waiting, a place of supernatural breakthrough, a place of supernatural healing. But because he didn't have the speed, he had to stay there for almost 38 years. And verse 6, the Bible says, When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? And verse 7, what does the Bible say? The sick man answered him, sir. He didn't even know it was Jesus. I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, you can sense his frustration. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8, what happened? Jesus said to him, rise. Look at that. It's a serious encounter. In other words, Jesus was telling him, I am the pool incarnate. I am the personification of the pool. You don't need somebody to take you to the pool. All you need to do is to arise, take your bed, and walk. Amazing. I love such miracles. Oh, I say I love such miracles. I pray that God will appear to you and solve your issue in the name of Jesus. May God appear to you in your dream. May God appear to you in your house. May God appear to you in your office. May God appear to you in your car. Somebody here, may God appear to you in this service. And before you leave, may you be touched by Jehovah God in Jesus' name. Can I hear Holy Ghost, amen, in the house? Somebody shout divine encounter. It's powerful. And you have to decide. Look, Jesus knew the man had been there for a long time. And Jesus knew, if I don't visit this man, he will die in his infirmity. And when Jesus spoke those words, immediately the guy rose up. And the bed that he was lying on, he carried it. Somebody say reverse roles. What was carrying him, now he was the one carrying it. I wish you can hear what I'm saying. I say what was carrying him, he was now the one carrying it. Some of you may God do a miracle in your life. So that the people who are helping you, may you become their source of, oh Jesus, help me preach. I say, may you become a source of help to them in the name of Jesus. I pray for a shift in your life in Jesus' name. That all the people that have been helping you and encouraging you, God is standing tables. You'll be the one helping them. You'll be the one sending them money. You'll be the one encouraging them. Because God is raising you to another level. If you are the one I'm preaching to, shout a louder amen in this house. Look at your neighbor, tell them, that's my prophetic word. Look, you can't be carried for the rest of your life. You can't be helped for the rest of your life. That devil is a liar. I refuse to be helped for the rest of the, my life. God told Abraham, I will bless you until you become a blessing. As we enter into a season of a supernatural shift, I pray that God may shift you financially so that the people who are helping you, may they start receiving help from you in the name of Jesus. And the more you help them, the more you'll be blessed. The more God will elevate you. Am I preaching to the right crowd in this house? Hey.
Sit down. Tell your neighbor it's a shift. Number four. Hmm. Tell your neighbor I'll start helping you. Some of you are afraid to talk to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor one more time, I will start helping you. You've been helping me, you've been sending me fare, you've been sending me airtime, but something is happening in this service. It might not be everybody, but I feel like I'm speaking to somebody here prophetically. You've been a project for many years. People helping you. Your father sending you rent. Your mother helping you. Your brothers educating your children. But I prophesy a shift in your life. Whatever was carrying you, you are going to carry it in the name of Jesus. May you have a divine encounter that will bring a supernatural shift in your life. Shout yes in this house. Number four, words. Words will trigger a supernatural shift in your life. Sometimes you should be afraid of the words of people who have nothing. Because all they have is words. <laughs> this is too deep. Let me repeat my statement again. Sometimes you should be afraid of people who have nothing. Because all they have is words. That's why you see God is very, very particular when it comes to the poor and when it comes to widows. Because sometimes they have nothing. All they have is words. Sometimes even when a man is dying, be careful with his words. Because at that point where he is weak and he has nothing, can't lift his finger, but he can open his mouth to talk, you have to be careful with what that person can say. Because all he has at that particular moment is words. That's why you should be in good books with your parents. So that with their last breath, because at that point, money is nothing to them. Even if you show them 10 million shillings, it will not benefit them. At that point, the only thing they have is what? Is words. You know, when my mother-in-law was passing on and were there by her side, she spoke words. Words, very powerful words. He even spoke words over my life. Words. Words are powerful. You understand what I'm saying? And you should be very careful with words that are spoken over your life. Especially from some people. Because all they have is words. You see, that's why you should treat poor people nicely. When you have an opportunity to help somebody who is poor, help them. Because all they have is words. They don't have money, they don't have a nice house, they don't have, all they have is words. And if a poor man says, oh God, remember this man for giving me food. Hi. Hi. That prayer is powerful. 
You are very quiet. It's because you have been mistreating poor people. Now you are trying to remember. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, words are very powerful. Even that watchman at the gate there, be careful how you treat that person. Yeah, because maybe the salary he has is not even enough to take care of him. So he's left with words. The way you splash water at him as you're passing with your car. The way you call him names because he has delayed to open the gate. All he has is words. Be careful. Be careful with people who have nothing but what? Words. Because they put all their heart, all their soul, all their energy, all their intelligence into words. And all their wishes into words. You know there's a preacher called Derek Prince. Some of you know him, some of you don't know him. And I'm sure most of you don't know him. But you know Diamond. Derek Prince is a preacher, was a preacher, great preacher, did marvelous things. He has excellent books, he has written messages, he has, he has preached. He was, he was really anointed, especially in the area of deliverance. And one time he met um, a witch, and this witch had been trying to bewitch him, and it was not working. So as they were talking, the, the witch was revealing some of the things that she was doing. And she, she mentioned so many things, but there's one particular thing that she told Derek Prince, and she told Derek Prince that one of the most effective weapons I was using, you know, to destroy people's lives is through enchantments. What are enchantments? Enchantments are words. Casting spells with words. Binding people's destinies with words. That's what that which told Derek Prince. So you can see how powerful words are. Even in the dark world, words are very, very powerful. So we must be very careful when it comes to words. I don't know about you, but for me, I fight to be able to get people say good words over my life. If, if I find an anointed vessel, if I find a man you know, who is in a place of authority, I always want them to say good words over my life and I can do anything to try and reach them so they can just speak you know good words over my life because I've seen good words do work and I've seen bad words also do work I heard of a story I was reading another book and this writer was giving a story um, of another lady she was selling I think beans she was a single mother selling beans and she as she was selling the beans by the roadside, that's what she used to be able to educate her daughter. And she struggled to educate her daughter for many, many years. The, doctor, the daughter went to university, graduated from the university. And then when she got a good job, she came back home and she started despising her mother because she's selling beans. And the mother looked at her and said, you, you don't know that these are the beans that educated you. And she said, you will also sell beans. And the daughter started selling beans with all her education. Tell your neighbor, words are powerful. 
So you have to fight for good words. You have to desire that good words may be spoken over your life. Because when they are spoken over your life, I'm telling you, a supernatural shift will take place in your life. Recently when we were in Nakuru and Bishop Doug was there doing meetings, before we left Nakuru, I, 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 I had to fight to reach him. You know, reaching him is not also very easy. So, after the crusade, one of the days I went, I was looking for him, followed him. He stopped me because he was having another meeting with another group. So I was not supposed to be in that group, but I went, I also sat in the meeting. Actually, I didn't sit. I, I was standing because all the seats were taken, but I was in the meeting standing there. I remember Pastor Mary telling me, hey, you're not supposed to be in this meeting. I told her, relax. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I just told her, follow me. So I was going and she was just like this, so scared. I said, follow. At some point I realized she was very fast. I said, come here. <laughs> then she came and she stood next to me. But I could see she was really scared. I told her, relax. I am in control. <laughs> so we stood. We were in that meeting. Then after the meeting, I stepped forward. One of the guys around Bishop Doug stopped me. And I said, it is me. <laughs> he said, oh, oh, it's you. What do you want? I said, I, 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 need, to see, I need to see the prophet for... I, I just want one minute of his time. Just one minute of his time. He said, are you sure it's going to be one minute? I said, just one minute of his time. I just want him to bless me. He said, okay, stand there. Pastor Mary is behind. <laughs> Keep on checking if she's following. Yeah, then he came and he met me. And we spoke. And I had a seed in my hand. I put it in his hand. One of my sons here even added his seed to my seed. All the blessings I receive, he received them as well in the name of Jesus. And we were not in a very glamorous place. It was just an impromptu meeting. We knelt down in dust and he laid hands on me and he started speaking and he said it's only for me I, I, I will not tell you it's only for me <laughs> when you start seeing I'll remind you words look I rather you give me good words than give me money because money I can spend, but good words will go with me everywhere I go, and they will never leave my life. Oh, I wish I had a witness in this house. They will never leave my life. When good words are spoken over your life, they will stick on you like white on rice. No matter where you go, those words will follow you. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit therefore. So there is fruit behind every word that is spoken. There is a shift behind every word that is spoken over your life. There is change behind every word that is spoken over your life. There is results behind every word that has been spoken over your life. 
In Mark chapter 5, the Bible gives us a story of a woman who had the issue of blood. And she had suffered hemorrhage for 12 years. Blood was just coming out of her body. Now, that's a long time. Isn't it true? You see, ladies have a season in the month where they lose blood. And it's not a very comfortable time for them. In fact, some of them, it is very serious. They become sick. Very sick. Some of them, their faces explode. True or not true? Yeah, we are, they have pimples. They are uncomfortable. They are in pain. It's not a very nice feeling for some ladies. Some ladies, it's almost like life and death. It's a terrible experience. That's why sometimes when you greet a sister in church and you see she's not really in the mood for a greeting, brother, just walk away. <laughs> Leave the sister alone. She has other invisible battles. Can you imagine this woman losing blood for 12 years nonstop? That was difficult for her. And then the Bible says that she went from doctor to doctor, physician to physician. She spent all her money. She must have been a very rich woman. Spent all that she had, but her situation deteriorated. She did not get better. It became worse for her. And then in verse 27, I want us to read from the Amplified Classic. I don't know if they have it. Can I amplify it? Maybe we should just read it from New King James and see. And then we, let's, let's go back to New King James. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 28. What does the Bible say? Verse 28. For she said. What did she do? She said. What are those? Words. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. This is where her shift began. I wish I had a witness in this house. This is where her miracle began from. It is not when she was in the crowd. It was when she was alone and she started speaking over herself, over her life, over her situation what she wanted to see happen. Words are powerful, my friend. What are you saying about yourself? What are you speaking over your situation? Words are powerful. Her shift began when she opened her mouth and started speaking what she desired to happen concerning her condition. Hmm. Verse 29. Look at what it says. Verse 29. Anyway, let's go to Amplified Classic. If you can get Amplified. Change the version. <laughs> Look at verse 27. It says, she heard reports about who? Jesus. And she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe. Then look at verse 28. For she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. Is this Amplified Classic? This is not Amplified Classic. You don't have Amplified Classic. Let me read from my version. 
Change the version again to Amplified Classic. Um, can I read? The Bible says, she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. Then he says, for she kept saying. She kept saying. If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to hell. She kept saying. She kept declaring it. She kept speaking it. She kept proclaiming it. She kept on saying it over and over and over and over because she had reports about Jesus that he is a healer. She had reports about Jesus that he raises the dead. She had reports about Jesus that he opens a blind eyes. She had so many things, good things about Jesus. And she kept on saying, if I can just touch, 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 I know I'll be made well. When she said I will be healed, her healing started happening. Waiting the manifestation through her touch on the garment of Jesus. You have to speak words over your life. As you wait for other people who are influential and anointed to speak words over your life. Hallelujah. So in the morning, prophesy over yourself. In the evening, prophesy over yourself. During the day, prophesy over yourself. Even if you're bleeding, declare I will be healed. Even if you're broke, declare that you'll be blessed. Even if you're going under, declare that you will rise up again. Even if things are not working well in your life, declare that you will become a winner one of these fine days. That things will turn around for your favor. Can I have a witness in this house? Even if you're feeling kind of weak, prophesy over yourself. By the way, do you have a mouth? Do you have a voice? Do you have a tongue? It is for making proclamations over your life. The Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. So before you see it, say it. But let's go a little bit deeper. A man called Jacob. Jacob wasn't conspicuous. His brother was a little bit different from him. When they were born, his brother was hairy. So he looked like he was already on his way somewhere. But the Bible says Jacob was plain. Nothing distinct about him from the word go. Jacob was not athletic. His brother was a hunter. He was bold. He was a courageous guy. When you become a hunter, you fear nothing. You don't even fear snakes. You don't even fear lizards. Let a lizard come to the house. See the way Jacob is running, jumping from one stool, from one seat to another. And before you know, he is on the back of the mother. Jacob was mama's boy, hanging in the tents, hearing all the gossip in town of all the mothers who are bringing gossip to his mother. He knew all the stories about which marriage is not working, which children are very problematic, whose husband left the other day, who was beaten last week. He had all these stories. Who thinks is beautiful and is not beautiful? <laughs> and that's why when the father was about to die, 
Father is Isaac. When he was about to die, he had only one wish. And that wish was a very interesting wish. He just wanted to have one nice meal before he dies. One nice meal. I think Isaac was a lawyer. One nice meal before he dies. <laughs> that was his wish. And he knew the only person who can fulfill this wish is Esau. Because Esau can go and hunt a very tender game and bring it and cook it for me. And I will enjoy it and I will bless him and then I will be ready to die. And the mother heard and the mother said, this Jacob, at least Esau can survive. He can fight, he can hunt, he can kill, he's bold, he's courageous. But this Jacob of mine, the only thing he knows is gossip. He's been hanging around me for many years. If I don't help him, he'll be in trouble. So he told him, I'm going to help you to be blessed. I know you don't, you don't look like you can amount much, but I know if your father speaks some words over your life, and he's a dying man. If he speaks some words over you, Jacob, I am, I, I, I'm sure your life will change. You know the story. She prepared something sumptuous for the husband because she knew the husband. She knew what the husband loves. If you are here and you're married and you don't know what your husband loves, you, you, you are mumu. <laughs> that is Greek to mean that you are not doing very well. Anyway, what happened? When the food was brought, of course Isaac was a bit confused. It was very fast because he did his calculation and he realized, no, 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 no. This is too fast. I mean, things are happening very fast. Anyway, we know the story. He decided to bless Jacob. Look at verse 26 of Genesis chapter 27. Genesis chapter 27. Give me Genesis chapter 27. Mm, beautiful. His father said to him, come near now and kiss me. My son. Oh. Huh. Sons, you should kiss your fathers. I can just see the African mentality in the room. <laughs> huh? <laughs> and I, I can't remember my father kissing me, but I kiss my children a lot. Yeah, I kiss them. I've kissed him up to the point where they used to wipe my kiss. <laughs> One time I kissed, I kissed my children in public. They were not very amused. All of a sudden they changed. When we got home, I asked them, what, what, what's wrong? He said, Dad, please, you can't be embarrassing us like that in front of the people. I said, I was just showing you love. I said, no, 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 there are things. Let's do them in the house. Yeah, out there. Please. Let's have some decorum in this family. <laughs> anyway, say, come kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. 
Next verse, verse 28. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and the plenty of grain and wine. Keep going, quickly. Let the people serve you and nations bow to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. Ooh, those are powerful words, man. Powerful words. Let people serve you. Let nations bow to you. Be a master over your brethren. Look at the next verse, verse 30. Let people, sorry, now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. Next verse. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. And the father trembled exceedingly and said, who, where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came. I have blessed him. Look at that phrase. That's what I want you to get. I have blessed him. And indeed, <laughs> whatever I have said, I cannot cancel. Whatever I have declared, it is permanent. Whatever I have proclaimed over his life, I cannot reverse it. I have blessed him, and indeed, he shall be blessed. I want to bless my children this morning. I speak a blessing over your life, over your house, over your children, over your business, over your finances, over everything that has to do with you in the name of Jesus. And whatever I have declared, it cannot be reversed in the name of Jesus. Can I hear thunderous amen in this house? Sit down. You know, some of you, when I speak words, you just look at me. Hmm? He's just come from America, Sanga to Russia, to dollars. He's on your blessings. What I am saying is more powerful than dollars. What I'm saying will not just give you Kenya shillings. We'll give you dollars. We'll give you euros. We'll give you a house. We'll give you a car. We'll give you land. We'll give you joy. We'll bring peace in your house. We'll bring prosperity in your house. I declare as a father and an apostle over this house, I release blessings over your life, over your children, over your home, over your marriage, over your business, over the work of your hands. May you be blessed when you go out. May you be blessed when you come in. May you be blessed in the city. May you be blessed in the village. May everything you do turn to prosperity. If you believe it, shout a louder amen in this house. Sit down. And Esau started pleading with the father. I read the scripture for you. I don't want to go through it. He started pleading with the father. And he cried to the father. And said, please give me something. Give me a blessing. Because he knew that if the father doesn't say anything to him, things will be very tough. Yes, he was a hunter, but he knew but the, that there is a level he can never reach without the words of blessing from his father. Look, your intelligence is good. Your strength is good. And your beauty is also good. 
you look very nice but they can only take you so far it is the blessing of a father that will take you father can I get a witness in this house? I say it's the words of a father that can take you farther. I don't know if you're like me. I want to go farther. I want to go farther than my contemporaries. I want to go farther than my brothers and my sisters. I want to go farther than my education. I want to go farther than my intelligence. That's why I need words from my father over my life to push me to the next level. I don't know who I'm preaching too in this house but I have a feeling that somebody wants to go farther than his family name farther than his schoolmates I stand in my office as a father over this ministry I declare a blessing that will take you farther than your intelligence than your beauty than your money than what your family has given unto you in the name of Jesus shout yeah yeah. Shout a louder, yeah. I prophesy you will go farther than where your father reached. You will go farther than where your mother reached. You will go farther than where your brothers reached. You will go farther than where your uncles reached. You will go farther than where your schoolmates are. Shout yes in this house. Aye. The screen is red. Hmm. Look at Genesis chapter 32. Ah. Esau, has plead, Esau has pleaded for a blessing from the father. I don't have time to read it. But the father also said something to Esau. He didn't say much. Maybe we should read it. Go back. Let's see what the father said. Go back to chapter 27. Please sit down. <laughs> Go down, go down, go down, go down, go down, down. 34. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried. Go back. He cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me. Me also. Oh, my father. I also want something. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. He has taken away what was yours. You see, what Esau didn't realize. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffered violence, and it's only the violence will take it by force. If you want to be cute in this service, that is up to you. But I came because I need a blessing. I feel like preaching in this. I came because I need a blessing from Jehovah God. I know you are okay, but I'm not okay. You have your wife with you in bed, but me, I have some issues. I need God to sort me out. And I will not look like everything is fine in my life. I'm going to be violent. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to go for what God has for me. Shout yes in this house. Mm. A violent. He told him, look, your brother was more aggressive than you. Yeah, you, you are too slow. You are like the man at the pool of Bethesda. Too slow. But your brother, he didn't even know that the mother was behind it. Hmm? 
Sometimes I hear people say, oh, you know, this is my wife. And, you know, I don't think there's anything that is hidden between the two of us. You know, nah, 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 nah. And, uh, uh, this story is revealing something. You might stay with someone for years, but you don't know everything. You might even think those are your children. Because maybe people will go for DNA after this service. Anyway, and this will say, is he not rightly named Jacob? Esau is saying the father, but wait a minute, this guy, his name is Jacob. He's not a joke. This guy, I know him. He has done this before. He's very aggressive. When he wants something, he has to get it. Oh, he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? I don't even want what he has. Just say anything. Anything good about me. I know I'm late. But there is something reserved for me. And Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made you your master, and all his brethren I have given to you as servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What shall I do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Look at the way he's negotiating with the father. That's what you should do. Be aggressive and negotiate for your blessing. Negotiate for a man of God to say something good over your life. Oh yes! Tell him just lay your hands on me and just say anything. Bless me. Me also. Oh my father. And he so lifted up his voice and wept. He started crying because he felt like he had emptied everything into the life of Jacob. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, he starts to prophesy, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. It's almost like the blessing he gave to Jacob. By your sword, you shall live. That means for you to survive, you have to fight. You have to fight to survive. And many of us are like, are like Esau. We have to fight to survive. Yeah, you can't just stay there folding your hands and looking cute. Dropping your glass at the edge of your nose. Expecting that things will, be working, will work out fine for you. You have to fight, my friend. All my life I've been fighting. Even right now as I'm preaching, you can see I'm fighting. Tell your neighbor, it's a fight, my friend. It's a fight. And you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Do I have restless people in this house? It shall come to pass when you become restless, when you become tired, when you get to a place where you are sick to your stomach, you are tired of your situation, you are tired of the poverty in your life, you are tired of disease in your life. That is the day you shall break his yoke from your neck. I declare every yoke over your life 
that has kept you in bondage, that has made you stagnate in one area for years, I break it in the spirit. Somebody shout, break it! When you shall become restless, when you shall say enough is enough, that is the day your breakthrough, that is the day your shift will take place in your life. Some of you need to say enough to the poverty you see in your family. You need to say enough to the diseases that you see in your family. You need to say enough to the ignorance that you see in your family. You need to say enough to the backwardness that you see in your family. I came to stir up your spirit this morning. You must get restless. You must get angry. You must get mad. You must say, devil, you have to leave our lineage. Poverty, you have to leave our lineage. I stand as a priest in this family and I declare poverty ends now shout yes give somebody high five and tell them you have to be restless oh tell them you have to be restless things will not continue the way they are you have to be restless the devil is a liar you have to be restless your children will do well your business will do well your family will do well your lineage will do well your children will get married in the name of Jesus you will cross 70 nobody has crossed 70 in your family but today you are saying enough is enough I will cross 70 I will cross 80 sorry yes you see when you go to a doctor the doctor will tell you what is the family history and he starts saying ah, ah prepare you are also on the way ah but some of us are saying no it cannot continue like this that my great great grandfather had high blood pressure my grandfather had high blood pressure now my father has high blood pressure and the way i'm feeling is like he's almost catching up with me you have to get restless i say you have to get restless i say you have to get restless from you onwards no high blood pressure no cancer no diabetes am i preaching to somebody in this house shout yeah give somebody high turn and tell them i am getting restless to break some yokes I have to destroy some yokes it will not continue it will not continue it will not continue it will not continue this madness I see in our family it will not continue these issues I see in our home it will not continue shout yes in this house day you become restless and you decide we have to shift break the yoke break the yoke I say break the yoke there's somebody here you need to break the yoke there's a yoke that has been hanging over your life for many years and you can see it it's a pattern you can see it break it today in the name of Jesus can you clap your hands lift up your voice begin to pray break that yoke whatever it is Break it right now. Break it right now. I don't know what it is. It might be barrenness. I don't know what it is. Break it. I feel an anointing in this house. Break it right now. Come on, 
and be aggressive. Pray and break it. Pray and break it. Oh, yes. You must shift to the next level. Your family must shift to the next level. Your house must shift to the next level. Your home must shift to the next level. Break it. I wish I had aggressive people in this house. I wish I had violent believers in this house. I wish I had violent Christians in this house. I wish I had violent, faith-filled believers in this house. Break it. Break it. Break it. Break it. Break it now. Break it now. Break that yoke. Break that yoke. Break that yoke. Break that yoke. Become restless. Become mad. Become angry. Become mad. Break it. Break it. Break it. Break it in the name of Jesus. Oh yes. Everybody in this house, raise your voice. Clap your hands. It has to break. 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 Yes. 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 No more poverty. No more stagnation. No more barrenness. No more teenage pregnancy. No more diseases. No more cancer. No more leukemia. No more uh, kidney failure. No more heart condition. No more. No more. Become restless. Break the yoke. Break the yoke. Break the yoke. No more poverty. No more poverty. No more drugs. No more poverty. Break it. broken marriages. Break it. Break it. I wish I had a witness. I wish I had believers in this house who are restless. Break it. Break it. Yes. Yes. We are breaking, 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 we are breaking. Yes, 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 yes. Liberate your seed, liberate your lineage, liberate your house, liberate your descendants, liberate your grandchildren. Break the yoke, break the yoke, break the yoke, break the yoke by speaking words, speaking words, speaking words. Break the yoke. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak what you want to see. Speak what you want to experience. Break it right now. Lift up your hands, Father. Every yoke, as a father in this house may be broken over these lives right now in the name of Jesus every yoke in their lives 
every yoke in their family every yoke that has existed for many years in their bloodline I break it right now in the name of Jesus yokes of barrenness yokes of divorce yokes of dysfunctional families yokes of poverty yokes of teenage pregnancy yokes of madness in the family yokes of diseases incurable diseases I break those yokes right now in the name of Jesus yokes of yokes of confusion in families yokes of sexual perversion yokes of incest I break those yokes right now in the name of Jesus yokes of drunkenness whatever it is that is undesirable I break them off their lives right now and father I proclaim victory I declare prosperity I declare progress I declare increase I declare favor I declare wealth I declare monies are coming into these homes in the name of Jesus I declare that joy is coming into these homes peace is coming into these homes love and tranquility is coming into these homes in the name of Jesus I declare that they are blessed and they are blessed indeed and nobody can reverse the blessings I've spoken over their lives may you do well May you rise to higher dimensions. May you experience a supernatural shift financially in your career. In whichever aspect you desire. May it come your way right now. Shout aloud amen in this house. Give God a shout and a clap of praise in this house. Genesis chapter 33, while we are still standing, I'm done, but I need to read this to you quickly. Now Jacob, years later, two men who have been walking with the words of their father. When they received the words, they were young men. Now they are old, married, with families. That's why I tell you what I'm doing right now. You might not see it next week. But give it time. Tell your neighbor don't be impatient. Oh yeah. I've gone to that church for five years. They have been prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. The pastor prophesies until he's sweating. He uses a white towel. He's sweating. I'm not seeing anything. Give it time. Jacob left with a stick as a young boy. But loaded with words. Esau left his father's presence, not sure whether this thing will work or not. Years later, the father is dead, but the words are alive. <sighs> now Jacob is going to meet his brother for the first time. The last time they were together, he ran away as a young boy, scared that his brother would kill him. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him. With him. Who is this? Esau, the man who thought he didn't get anything. 
we are seeing the effects of the words. He came with how many men? 400 men. To meet who? Jacob. So he divided the children. Now Jacob is scared. He divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maid servants. These are his wives, concubines, and whatever. Next verse. Are you enjoying this? Or I'm the only one enjoying this. And he put the maid servants and the children in front. And Leah and her children behind. And Rachel and Joseph last. Joseph, the last one. At least if they kill everybody, they should preserve the last bone. These last bones. As first bones, we were beaten, I'm telling you. These two last bones are very spoiled. You can't even send them to the kitchen. Ask your neighbor, you are last bone. They are pampered too much. They were raised by everybody. Everybody carried them. Then they come when the family has done well. The father has a little money. As firstborns, we suffered. Me, I'm a firstborn. I know what I'm talking about. We suffered. I'm telling you, suffered. All the lastborns, may God help you. Because you are spoiled. Anyway, let's finish this scripture. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Now they are meeting but he so ran to meet him and embraced him. Because Jacob was so afraid. In the previous chapter, he realized he was so afraid of his brother. He went into prayer to pray that God may come through for him. That's why he wrestled with the angel the whole night. Also looking for what? A blessing. From who? From God. What? If you are looking for money, your standard is very low. Go for a blessing. Words. Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, fell on his neck, kissed him. Can you kiss your brother? Okay. Can you shake your brothers and let's start from there. Some of you, you can't. Kissed him. And they wept, cried. Many years of separation. Wept and cried. Look, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what has separated you from your blood. Your blood is your blood. And when you meet your blood, you will be consumed with emotions. Very strong emotions. My son has been away. It's not even, I think, two months. But every time I call him and I see his face, I feel something. I feel like I can grab him, pull him from that phone inside, and give him like a thousand kisses. Kiss him everywhere. And show him that I really love him. Your blood is your blood. Tell your neighbor, your blood is your blood. Verse 5. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women. Hmm. 
and children. And he said, who are these with you? Hmm? So he said, these are the children whom God has graciously given yourself. You see, it's Esau who is asking him all these questions. These are the children whom God has given unto me. And the maidservants came near, they and their children, and bowed down. Verse 7. And Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they bowed down. All these are manifestations of words. Verse 8. Because I want you to notice something about Esau as well. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I met? Because when... When, when, when Jacob was told Esau is coming, he started sending offerings to appease him before they meet. So he asked him, what do you mean by all these things that you sent before you? And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. Look at what Esau told him. But Esau said, what did he say? I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yours. I don't need this. The words of my father. <laughs> because most of you think that Esau didn't get anything. But this verse proves to you how powerful the words of his father were. Wow. He didn't speak much. But look, he said, look, keep, I have enough. At one time, read the story. Jacob had to plead with Esau to receive the offering. He received, but he didn't need it. He received it because he insisted. But he said, what I have. What is this manifestation of words? Manifestation of words. Go for good words. Fight for good words. Let people say good things about you. Let people prophesy over you, even when you can't hear. Yeah, that poor man, whatever, you find that poor, let that man say something that will bless you. That orphan, let, let that orphan say something that will bless you because you touch their lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let a father figure say something over you and take it seriously and receive it. You might not see it now, but one day you will see it. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless everyone that has come today. As Isaac blessed his children, I bless them today. May your hand be upon them, prosper them in all that they do in Jesus' name. We all shout a big amen. Somebody give God a mighty hand. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.